Hey, Fretz, it's Wade. Good brother. Another great show. Really helped me through this week. Uh, it's been a very trying week, as you know, man. I truly, truly appreciate it. Keep up the amazing work, brother. Later. Welcome to the Fretzelmania podcast. This is a Brucey bonus edition. Thank you, OSW Review. Where I will rebook a very specific show. Now, if any of you remember my Fretzelmania blog on WordPress.com, um, Nate, Ricky, um, Ant, <laughs> some of you might remember this. Not many of you read it, but it's how I got my feet wet in the wrestling podcasting world. Now, I had already been a listener of many podcasts, including Kings of the Rings, Game Changer, uh, and many more. But there are some pay-per-views and some rebookings I did on that website that I never released. I went through my laptop here just now and found a vast array of blogs I didn't publish, of things I didn't elaborate on, of ideas I wrote down. So you're gonna get one of them right now. And it is going to be rebooking WrestleMania X7. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a second. Are you kidding me, Fretz? WrestleMania X7 is one of the greatest pay-per-views of all time. The best WrestleMania by a country mile, but quite possibly the best pay-per-view all time from top to bottom. Oh, please tell me. Tell me how you're going to do this. What would you change? This card is perfect. Well, other frets, I agree with you. There is very little that I would want to change on this show. There are several matches that are going to be verbatim, that are going to be the same as they are IRL. Now, I can't say the same thing thing as uh, Adam Blompier can by going and I can book it better ding because A. I'm not Adam Blompier and B. I don't know if I could book this event as perfectly as WWE did in 2001 now if you dug back into our Patreon feed and even into Nate's Game Changer podcast backlog, you would know that Nate and I already reviewed this show about this time last year. Oh, peppermint tea. Mm-mm. Perfect. Perfect right now. And it is also a show that I was going to review on this feed as well, but I might be saving it for a while. You see, I do the 20 bell salute, as you all know, and next year is the 20-year anniversary of WrestleMania X7. Now, this is 
what a lot of people consider to be the end of the Attitude Era, to be kind of the the peak of wrestling itself, the peak of the WWE, because well, a lot of people seem to think the rest of 2001 kind of peters off. And yet you see cards like Backlash 2001 with Benoit and Jericho in the Ultimate Submission Iron Man match. Uh, you have Shane and the Big Show in a, in a surprisingly entertaining Last Man Standing match. You know, Judgment Day, we have another classic from Ben Benoit and... I'm sorry, it's Benoit and Angle that were in these matches. My goodness. Rewind. I'm not redoing this. <laughs> yeah, Benoit and Angle in their trilogy of great pay-per-view matches. Like... King of the Ring, Shane and Angle, SummerSlam, Angle and Austin. I mean, sure, the um, Alliance Angle could have been a lot better, but, I mean, in my mind, the Attitude Era died. I think either the day of the draft in 2002... Or the day the WWF became the WWE in 2002. You be the judge. You let me know in the comment section. You let me tweet. You let me tweet at something. And before I go any further here, um, I am actually going to implement this into this episode. But thank you, Wade, for the for the shout out and the love for the voice message. Um, if any of you want to leave me a voice message go to anchor.fm slash fretzelmania, F-R-E-T-Z-L-E-mania. So now, on with the show. WrestleMania X7. So, firstly, or first, I don't know if firstly is even a word. <clears throat> I'm tired. We have Sunday Night Heat, the pre-show. You know, Sunday Night Heat's back at this point in time were mostly preview and countdown shows that would have maybe one or two matches on it. Kind of call them the WrestleMania dark matches. Mm-mm. Peppermint tea. One more sip and I'm done. There we go. I just spur the moment decided to do this, folks. So please bear with my random drinking and moving and <laughs> quotes. So... Start off with a light heavyweight championship match. Crash Holly has an open challenge to anyone on the roster. And this is answered by Jerry Lynn, who wins the title in a quick match with the Cradle Piledriver. But Piledrivers are barred in WWE. This is a fantasy booking, folks. Which means, in my mind, the Piledriver is not bad. So I know this happens at Backlash, folks, but then again, this is purely fantasy booking. This is me. And then, why not? I'll keep X-Factor versus Steve Blackman and Grandmaster Sexay just, just because. <clears throat> Starting off here for the Intercontinental Championship, we will have Chris Jericho defending the title against William Regal. Except in this match, William Regal wins with use of the Brass Knucks. We have 
the APA and Bob Holly going up against the right to censors, Bull Buchanan, the good father, and Val Venus. And just like the other match, the right to censor will lose, and this will begin a downward spiral for them, resulting in the breakup of the right to censor. Because, well, the parents' television council uh, lost their lawsuit to the WWE. And this will be a way to write them off. Everyone here will take time off. In return, maybe around 2002 with different slash similar gimmicks. I mean, we saw the return of the Godfather and Val Venus at the Royal Rumble. Ooh, that's a show to review. Uh, we later saw Stephen Richards as kind of a psycho weirdo with Victoria. Now, that's something I'd like to see. But Bill Buchanan, Bull Buchanan, is someone we rarely saw after the fact. I believe he went down to OVW to get a little bit more seasoning, to get a little bit more experience. And he would have had a heck of a time because the class in OVW in 2001 mean we had Shelton Benjamin, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, John Cena, Batista, Rico, Charlie Haas, Russ Haas, you know, his his late brother who unfortunately passed away at a very young age. I think he was only about 28, 29, no more than 30. He was Charlie Haas's original tag team partner, the Haas brothers. And, you know, Russ was a, he looked exactly like Charlie. He was just a little bit thicker. And these two were collegiate animals, you know, much like Lesnar and Benjamin, which is why I think Benjamin was a great fit for Charlie Haas as a tag team partner. And, you know, for Eagle Eye fans like myself, uh, the name Russ was usually written on Charlie's, um, Tape, wrist tape for, I think, a good chunk of his WWE run, maybe. So, yeah, APA and Bob Holly, because, you know, Hardcore Holly rarely ever got a proper WrestleMania match. Now, a six man tag might not be that proper, but he was in two Hardcore Championship matches in 99 and 2000. He was in a Cluster F of a tag team battle royal in 1998 as the new Midnight Express. Um, the lesser said or remembered about the new Midnight Express, the better. Dennis Condry is spinning in his grave and he ain't even dead. <sighs> so next for the hardcore championship, we have Rhino. Going up against Taz and Raven in a triple threat match. This is just a great way to kind of blow off the end of ECW. Because, of course, the the organization would end just a month or two previous to this. So, of course, this is going to bring out all the ECW chants. I think because, you know, the fact that Paul Heyman came out on Raw. He's been commentating. Uh, Vince brought out ECW and got 
Paul Heyman in as a favor. This would be a favor to Paul. I mean, he would love to call this match. I know he was calling a lot of ECW stars in alliance matches throughout 01, but this one I think would be very special to him because, well, Taz and Raven specifically were pioneers of early ECW, and Rhino, of course, was the final ECW champion, and if I'm not mistaken, the final TV champion as well. So it would be a perfect love letter to ECW. This would go all over the arena, much like the other one, IRL. And I would just love to see it. Um, I would have Rhino going over here doing a, doing the spot that Kane did with that leg drop off the top. But I think if he gored Rhino off the platform through some stuff on the bottom, that would look really cool. Although I would kill to see the rhino pile driver off the stage that that might just be a little bit too dangerous so next we have kane and the big show in a choke slam challenge match now this is akin to the body slam challenge match that andre the giant and big john stud had at wrestlemania one so i would put this twist on it now, for those of you who actually read my blog, Nate, um, <laughs> for WrestleMania 11's rebooking, I did a similar match to this. But you're going to find out how and what it is in the coming weeks because I'm going to be bringing a lot of my blog and a lot of my unreleased blog content to life through this feed through the Fretzelmania feed, and through a little bit of Russell Addict's Patreon as well. So, the winner of this match, of course, has to chokeslam their opponent. And just because, I will put a title match on the line. Now, I know these two were working in the undercard in a hardcore championship match, but I would maybe put an intercontinental title match on the line. Or maybe it's a title of their choosing as well. So make it really interesting. I'll go with that. So Kane will go over and actually chokeslam the Big Show, which, did we ever see that? I I think we actually did. Because I remember at, I think, some Royal Rumbles, we would see the spot teased. And we see it teased for years. Like, wait, Big Show does the choke slam. Someone's going to actually choke slam him? Because of all the times that the Big Show faced the Undertaker, he did not ever choke slam him. Undertaker did last ride him once, but that was only because Big Show was doing a 10 punch spot in the corner, and Taker got out from under him and just, well, powerbombed him. He didn't actually do like the elevated hoist the tights up spot with the last ride, which against the Big Show would have been an amazing feat of strength. Now, there are a lot of other matches that I'm going I'm going to keep, but I might tweak a few things up here. So, TLC 2 will remain the same. Same spots, same wrestlers, same interference spots, everything. Because this, I think still to this day, is my favorite WrestleMania match ever. Eddie and Test 
absolutely keep because this was an underrated match. And I think one of the most underrated matches of the night. Now, Test is somewhat was a somewhat capable wrestler, but you're in there with Eddie. And Eddie, even when he's... How do I put this delicately? Not all there can still out-wrestle anybody. And I know Eddie was having starting to have a few problems by 2001. He was let go later this year. Actually, I don't think he would see... Uh, was he, at, he was at Backlash, but he wouldn't see Judgment Day, I don't think. He was, he was gone by then. His demons got the best of him, and thank, thank the Lord above that, you know, he found the Lord above for one thing, and that he got clean eventually. Uh, God rest both of these guys' souls. This match was dynamite. I'll keep it exactly as it is. Maybe without the spot where Tess gets his foot caught in the ropes and Perry Saturn, who's supposed to be laying a beat down on him, is also kind of helping him out of the spot. Maybe we'll tweak that around just a little bit because <laughs> these two had some chemistry. Taker and Triple H, keep it. Same thing, same result. Taker wins. The streak continues. Blah, blah, blah. Um, motorhead entrance. Vince and Shane. This is another match I'm going to keep with Shane winning. However, uh, allegedly, there was supposed to be involvement from some of the stars of WCW. Now, given the fact, allegedly, that somebody opened their mouths previous to the show on a radio show or something. The spot was scrapped, and the WCW guys were in a skybox. They were in some random section in the arena, and Shane just gave them a shout-out, and, hey, WCW guys, shout-out, and it just said on the, on the caption, WCW wrestlers, not superstars, just WCW wrestlers. And in there, you could see, you know, Sean Stasiak, Lance Storm, Canyon. But I would have a big, big surprise out here. Now, the Turner contracts would not have been feasible at this point in time. But you know what? It's my fantasy booking, right? So Vince is starting to get a bit of the upper hand. Someone comes into the ring wearing a mask. You can't even wearing a mask and shades. Can't see anything. You can't make out who it is. Leather jacket done all the way up so you can't really tell from their physique. Until he gives Vince a diamond cutter. Does, does the symbol. Takes off his mask. Bang. DDP. With the diamond cutter on Vince. And this is also where the rest of the comeuppance will happen for Vince. You will see Trish get back involved here. Nope. Wait. Yeah, Trish slapping Vince happens before this. Never mind. Yeah, Mick Foley you know, comes into here and just lays out Vince with, you know, Mr. Socko, the, knee, the running knee in the corner the shots, and all that. 
Of course, you know, Linda rising up from her chair in one of the biggest pops and best storyline moments I've seen in anything that the McMahons ever did. It was perfect. As OSW Review would would coin it, Sweet Zombie Linda rising up from her chair. The audience rising up with her. Boom, kick in the nuts. Mick Foley. Shane O'Mac with the Van Terminator. And there we go. Uh, DDP celebrates with them. And if I get to do a rebooking the invasion angle like I tried to do last year, oh, you're going to hear some if I can get to it. Now, the gimmick Battle Royal is a guilty pleasure. Now, of course, it had just a nonsensical lineup of, of stars like the one-man gang, the Bushwhackers, Brother Love, Jim Cornette, Michael P.S. Hayes, Sergeant Slaughter, my personal favorite, the Iron Sheik, the Gobbledygooker. There's maybe a gimmick I could have done without, but I could have thrown a few more in there. I mean, we saw the goon, so why not people like T.L. Hopper, you know, Adam Bomb, Crush, but they were a part of Chronic. Not anymore, they're not. Uh, Demolition. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing names names in the hat here. Angle and Benoit was perfect. It's another match I would keep the same. And Austin Rock. I need to beat you, Rock, more than anything in the world. Now I will definitely tweak a few things in this storyline and in this feud in this match. First. No Deborah. Do not bring in the wife. No offense to, to Deborah. She's a sweetheart. She was good at her role as how do I put this delicately? Eye candy and tit joke fodder for Jerry Lawler. Other than that, like she couldn't cut a promo. She she could be good at nuance and unspoken things in wrestling maybe the entire point of her was tits i don't know <laughs> so no deborah there's nothing to do with you know oh deborah's gonna be the rock's manager nope i will not have that this will just be the winner of the rumble and the wwe champion austin coming back from his neck injury and The Rock holding on to his glory. Now, this match will remain the same. Stone Cold Steve Austin regaining the title will remain the same. However, no heel turn. No Vince McMahon. Stone Cold wins. Now, would I turn Austin heel? Yes. Although, not right away. This ending of WrestleMania X7 did not sour the event entirely. 
it only confused people. Now, it was just, boom, why? All of a sudden is Vince siding with Austin after years of, you know, screw you, Austin. No, I never want you to be the WWE champion. And Austin, I mean, Vince, did everything in his power to get the title off of Austin in 1998. And you're just going to... Pretend that didn't happen. No. How would I turn Austin heel? I would do, well, what they did kind of after this. And he would gradually get a little crazy, a little jealous, uh, a little bit different. And it was hard to boo Stone Cold. I couldn't. I'm a Stone Cold fan since, well, I can't say day one because... 96, he was booed on TV, so I booed him. I didn't come to like him until about 97, until he was feuding with Bret Hart and Owen Hart. So, perfect. Now, yeah, so that is my somewhat half-assed, kind of tired review, rebooking of WrestleMania X7. Now, if you had the chance... If you dared, how would you rebook it? Let me know. Tweet me. Uh, send me your hate tweets and I'll block you. Or DM me <laughs> your hate tweets and I'll block you. Just kidding. No. Tweet me at the legendary JF. Send me a DM. Let me know what you think. How would you rebook it? How would you do it? What other WrestleManias would you rebook and how would you do it? Now in the coming weeks, you will see some other... WrestleManias, pay-per-views, and even people that I'd rebook. Down the can here, I have WrestleMania X8. I have I have WrestleMania 2000, which was actually one of my very first first uh, podcasts, and I'm going to redo it. I mean, I am going to keep my results. But I'm going to redo the show just because I don't like the way it sounds. I was very dry, very matter-of-fact. I didn't find my podcasting voice or even, you know, gimmick or whatever yet. I had King of the Ring 1999. And if you go in my archives, I have Owen Hart. I have a show not only dedicated to the memory of Owen Hart, but how I would fantasy book if he didn't pass away at Over the Edge 99. Morbid, maybe, but I always wonder. So, folks, thank you very much. I hope this is a distraction or whatever you need during this very tough time. Um, <laughs> if you're quarantined, I hope that you find ways to entertain yourself. You find a hobby. You listen to this. And that you are doing well. If you are like me and you are working, uh, please stay safe. Uh, do all the necessary protocols that you need to do to survive. And just try to find joy. In what you're doing. While it may be tiring. 
and taxing. You know, folks, as I said, I'm just a grocer. I don't want to be called essential. You want to show your appreciation for the essential workers? Show it to the nurses, the doctors, firefighters, ambulance drivers, cops, people on the front line. Please don't show your appreciation to me. I'm just a stock boy or a cashier or a janitor. Depends on the day. So, so there. God bless you. I love you. See you after WrestleMania. Hey, peeps. Frets again. I hope you enjoyed this rebooking of WrestleMania X7. I know. How dare I? Yeah, you made it this far, so you know that I didn't change too, too much. But I neglected the China Ivory match for the women's title, and I apologize to you know, people who are fans of women's wrestling, you know, I think of those wrestling girls, I think of Wade. <laughs> so, I'm just going to say this, I would keep that match verbatim, as is, China absolutely decimates Ivory en route to becoming the most dominant women's champion in history. But China got fired, or released, or left in May 2001, you say. This is Fantasy Booking, peeps. And if I can give you a little sneak peek on what I think might be a future episode, Nate, uh, if you're listening, China holds on to the women's title for a very, very long time. Maybe even up to WrestleMania X8, where she meets... Ooh, let me see. Jazz. Jazz would be coming up through, you know, the alliance and through the buyout of WCW and ECW. And then we see these two clash heads at X8. Let me know what you think about that, because spoiler alert, I am going, going <clears throat> I can't speak, to be doing rebooking WrestleMania X8 in the future. And no, what I just thought off the top of my head right now isn't on this particular version. You're just going to have to tune in and find out. Bless up, folks.